Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and with me is the Hawaiian shirt wearing one and only co-host Taylor Sokol. How are we doing, Taylor? I'm feeling I'm feeling, you know, the summer vibes and that's the that's the limit of my yeah, exactly. If we do any more, we might offend someone. Uh, Terrible yeah. Hawaiian impression. I love Hawaiian shirts. It might have been my our love of Asentura that inspired me to that. But yeah, I'm feeling good. It's it's been nice. The weather uh, over here on the East Coast is getting hot. It's been nice. Uh, finally, we gotten some rain because it hasn't rained in a while. Mm-hmm. So literally every uh, lawn in my neighborhood is completely brown. <laughs> so, um, but it's <laughs> been it's been good. I'm I'm happy that the weather's nice. Even you know, regardless of still you know what's going on in the world where, you know, we're keeping, keeping ourselves sane. How's everything going in your neck of the woods? Oh, it's very hot over here in California. We're hitting nineties mm-hmm. uh, every day. Now um, we had pretty high numbers this uh, weekend, but yeah, still trying to find those moments to enjoy summer, even though we are still amidst this pandemic of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing that I've been doing is I've still been working on some, projects uh over at my late grandparents house and they've always had this nice pool there so every now and then i'll, I'll work for a few hours and then i'll take a little nice pool break and mm-hmm. it's just nice to have a, a bit of that relaxed time a bit of a, a well know, just a bit of unwinding dip in the pool yeah unwinding for both of um, us and like many of you guys out there and gals you know we're kind of stuck with family and that's not a bad thing it's just you know monetary wise it's it's been a lot of people that we know and it's been a good thing there. but it's yeah it is hard but I'll say another thing that was fun uh, was last week. Um, again, finding these ways to have fun but be safe. Yeah. Uh, a few friends and I that I know have all been practicing very strict guidelines with social distancing and mm-hmm. wearing their mask when they need to. We all went up to the high desert uh, to one of our friends' house and we had a tiki party. Oh, nice. So 
uh, we know we're all safe. And uh, my friend Chelsea has been working on uh, making drinks and kind of working on her bartending skills. So Become the mixologist. We, of the kind of mixologist, there. yeah. So we did a, uh, we did kind of like a fun tiki Hawaii themed with the, the food. Uh, we did all like kebabs. Oh, and we nice. all had like lays and then and, um the, the the drink of choice was rum, so it was all rum themed drinks. And, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, it was fun. So it was kinda like, yeah, we can't actually go anywhere to have that kind of summer fun, but we got to have a bit of yeah. that feeling of like, oh, we're in that island situation. It was it's a lot like of fun. in Fast Times Ridge Mahai, Mike Damone says, Act like wherever you are, that's the place to be. Isn't this great? So you just make so your party wherever. What are you doing? Having some pizza to learn about Cuba. <laughs> if I'm here and you're here, doesn't it make it our time? Love that movie. Yeah. Um, Great yeah. movie. Not seen the movie. Great movie. Oh, okay. That's, we're going to have to change Best that. Best Times Original. Yeah. You haven't seen that? Wait. No, I said if you've not seen that movie. Oh, okay. Sure. I was going to say. The listeners. Oh, I've seen that movie. Come on. Yeah, yeah. If you've not seen that, Great one of the classic movie. 80s. Oh, no, no. Oh. One of Sean Penn's earlier roles and a role that he's never had something like that since. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great. But um, yeah, so I mean, amidst all the fun of the summer or the trying to have fun of the summer, I think there's still this joy of sticking to our digital devices and yes. getting to kind of, you know, waste time watching movies and TV shows. And today, our special topic is on a TV show that has still lasted the test of time. It's only been off the air now for about seven years or so. I think it ended in 2013, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2004, 2013, yeah, nine years. Uh, but we're so excited today. We're going to talk about the American version of The Office. Yes. Um, and a show that we both love. Yeah, oh, embrace right? the fact yeah. that, as you said, it's had a new lease in life and continued to entertain new generations of fans mm-hmm. because of streaming. Netflix, and, uh, yeah. yeah. And this is exciting to talk about because uh, we're, we're pumped because not only we're going to be talking about this, but we're joined by special guests, which we... You know, we both know through our travels, obviously, uh, you met uh, this person a while before me, and then we all kind of worked together on the cruise ship days. Yeah, so we are very fortunate today to have the very lovely, the very talented, and the hilarious Elizabeth Matthews, and we're going to get right to our discussion of The Office. We are so excited today because we have a very close friend and uh, just all around entertaining gal with us today. She yes, is hilarious. She, um, she's a talent in her own, but she, uh, we first met this girl. Well, actually, we're celebrating eight years, Liz, you and I, as our, our friend anniversary uh, just popped up. So, uh, but we have today with us our special guest on today's episode, Elizabeth <laughs> Matthews, who we're so excited to have. And the crowd goes wild. <sighs> yeah, we met. We all three of us met together many years ago uh, as uh, crew members on the Celebrity Century. Me and Liz were singers together. And um, now mm. you are the campaign manager of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Center. Is that correct? Center? Society. Yeah. Society. So oh, close. That's not More Society. He actually, he actually rehearsed like, that like five times. I mean, it's, it, it is... <laughs> I rehearsed it all of one time, but um, we're so excited you're here. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. So yeah, me and you, we, we met eight years ago. Today, happy, Today. happy anniversary. At, a, at the, uh, the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. of all places. 
Yeah. So my Facebook, thanks Facebook for like sharing these memories because we, oh, yes. we would never know that it was today, but I had a picture of me flying in a little, like the little prop plane to the Grand Canyon to, <laughs> to come and meet you. That's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So Chris and I did a show together. It was quality quality oh wow what a what an event what a what a journey it's rare for me as a performer to not have something on my resume and that has been something i've never put on my resume because it's left such a bad taste in my mouth but you don't put on your resume that's shocking it's not it's not top of the line for some reason it's it's strange but (laughs) it was uh it was great who we met through that process and there's some people Mm -hmm. from that gig that still friends with to this day um but the great thing was you were kind enough to, in the time of that job, when it kind of ended abruptly, you were kind enough to let me stay with you uh, briefly in Vegas. And that was the first time that I auditioned for Celebrity Cruises and good old uh, Mike Maloney. And then, uh, yeah, it was like six months Casey later. Casey <laughs> That's right. It was like six months later that you were reaching out to me and you said, uh, this guy still needs a, a second male singer for the ship. And we luckily, you and I and Jen, who I also met the summer before, all got to be in the same contract as singers, which was like crazy. And that's where we met. Yeah, it was really you know, nice to be able to have like friends go mm-hmm. on this journey with you because yes. we all know, I mean, Taylor, you went alone. Like this is a scary <laughs> I was on the road alone. <laughs> you did it all by yourself. Sounds like I was like, had a backpack with like, or that little yeah, handkerchief on a stick. And long beard and you're <laughs> from, like, hey, I gotta get I see a sign, auditions. Um, but yeah, no, well, you, you guys were already um, kind of in the, in your perspective career paths at the time. Cause I, the young in here, I was just finishing school. Um, I just graduated. I mean that around this that time when you guys had met and then literally you know months later i was you know because i was still a newbie on ships when you guys got on i was only about four months in so i was still like i wasn't like a veteran uh that you see mm-hmm. before you so i'm still like you know and then like oh you're a vet now i know yeah now it's like in new <laughs> so many years but you're right but it was cool. So cool we uh we definitely i think something that me and liz bonded with early on and then something mm-hmm. that we've also bonded with taylor was uh, we all three have a huge love for comedy. Yes. And we love doing comedy bits. We would kind of yeah. like to do just makeshift scenes on the spot. Uh, me and Liz especially are huge lovers of puns. Uh, good puns, <laughs> bad puns, all the puns. All puns. And um, yeah, that was something I think we shared throughout not only that contract, but have since. We've talked, to, we've kind of every now and then reached out to each other and talked about either a movie or a TV show or something funny that remembered, you know, it was like a memory from uh, the ship days, if you will. So I thought it was appropriate to have you on for this episode today because we're talking about, frankly, in my opinion, one of the best TV comedies of all time. Uh, we're talking today about the American version of The Office. It's a little show. I don't know if you've ever heard yes. of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> on Netflix now. But uh, that show ran for nine it's a, it's seasons. very popular no, it's, it, it didn't do really very well, What's unfortunately. It um, it's, a, it's a cult classic. Only like oh, people yeah. know about it. Yeah. About a workspace <laughs> or something. So uh, yeah, we're going to talk about The Office today on the Potential Podcast. So I guess uh, I think I want to start off with, if you can recall, what were your earliest memories of either 
hearing about the show or actually watching the show? Um, we'll start so, off with you, Liz. Yeah, I discovered The Office when I was living in China. Um, we had done, uh, I was teaching English in a small village outside of a city called Wuxi, which is about uh, an hour away from Shanghai by the train. So I was working, like doing this, and this was back before like internet was awesome. And this was back before you could really Skype and with people this was back in 2006. So all of that technology mm -hmm. was relatively new. So if you wanted to Skype with somebody, it was a, like a, a big to do. And so we discovered a lot of bootleg, um, like DVDs and TV mm -hmm. shows and movies to occupy our time. Um, and so that's when we discovered The Office. And this is, I think The Office was released in 2004. So we were still in season one and season two. And it was mm -hmm. brilliant to me. Oh, yeah. This comedy style of mockumentary. My favorite movie is Waiting for Guffman. So I oh, love we that love, yeah. mockumentary mm -hmm. style. And so yeah. it was very, very true to that and very dry humor, at least for season one and season two. And then it kind of got a little bit more ridiculous, but it was very like, smart comedy and you didn't always catch the joke the first time yes the it time is you, smart. And you didn't need a laugh track yeah. to to know when to uh, laugh along no yeah. no and and i think what's really brilliant and and true to the office is every time you watch it you catch something else and it becomes just so much more engaging and interesting so mm -hmm. that's that's my my discovery of the office and it's gotten me through Ship contracts. Awesome. I definitely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is one. It is great that there is. I mean, there is nine seasons. Not every season as good as the other seasons, but it's it, there's so much content there to you can revisit. I mean, I think the grand total was about 188 episodes, so it's quite you know a long for a mm -hmm. show. But uh, what about you, Taylor? When did you first discover The Office? I uh, oddly enough, I knew of his existence but I was so wrapped up in other things at the time. So I never gave it um, a proper like watch until Netflix. And I like, then I went and sat and binged it all. I got like the references and I would see like mm. people posting clips or something like that. I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, this looks, I don't know if it was like going to be my cup of tea, but then I sat through it and literally binged all nine seasons um, just about like two years ago. And that's how I kind of got it. The life after it aired. And so that's how I got into it. Cause my brother was like, my younger brother, he started binging all these shows. He was like, Oh, I'm going to watch the office. I'll like, oh, watch it too. So then we were watching it kind of simultaneously, but I, I just was, it was just so different than what I'm usually watching. But it's funny cause my family, a lot of my family members aren't into that kind of style of comedy. Like, Oh, this is stupid or something. So, but I was getting all the jokes and humor. So then that's what I kind of got into it. So um, I kind of got late in the game, but it just, it kind of shows the staying power of the show. The fact that it, it's been around for, for so long and that new fans are coming about. So I'm one of those new people that kind of just stumbled upon it. So, yeah, I do like the Netflix has allowed a new generation to kind of uh, get to experience the show and love the show. And even a lot of the cast and new things they've been doing lately have all been interviewed at some part and asked about, is it going to be an office reunion or something? And they're all like, no, but they are fascinated that we are seeing younger teenagers and even preteens that are like getting into the show and they're getting it and they're understanding it, even though it's something that most of them have no you know, experience at a work office or even a, truly a world is getting more digital by the day and papers becoming so much a thing of the past. Um, they're getting that sense of humor. I know for me, 
I was also late to the game. I remember the show being out. I never really, I think it's because when the show was kind of hitting its stride, I was finishing high school and going to college and I didn't watch TV. I mean, like, I didn't watch TV when it would air on that night because most times I was in rehearsals or doing shows or I just, I wasn't functioning watching TV when it came on at eight o'clock every Thursday. Yeah, we're normal. Then, um, then, yeah. then I remember I was on tour and every now and then on a day we could choose to watch a movie or a TV show. And sometimes we would pick modern family, which modern family, another brilliant comedy heavily influenced by the office because they copied the same style of, having them do self-interviews kind of like the real world did. And, you know, it is kind of documentary style as well. But we would watch The Office sometimes on the bus, and I was kind of getting a kick out of it. And I had some friends in that cast that loved it, could quote every line. And I was like, maybe it's something I should check out one day. And I think actually being on the ship, I think I got a bunch of, TV shows and movies from, you know, a lot of people share things on external hard drives because you don't really have Wi-Fi and you got to watch what you can watch to pass the time. And I think I got hooked on it then. And then I think through Netflix, I finally was able to watch the entire nine seasons like in a sitting. And since then, I think I've watched the entire show at least four or five times. Um, Maybe not entirely, though. I do tend to, as I'm sure most people do, mm-hmm. I tend to get to when Michael leaves and then stop. Yeah. Just yeah. because, let's all be real. We're all really honest here. The show definitely takes a dive when Steve Carell leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but for a lot of people that don't understand why he did, he did fulfill his contract. Um, he was getting more into movies and, you know, he wanted to do something new. And I can, I can understand that seven seasons is a long time in itself. Some shows never last that long. And so, um, but the the show, he as an actor was really starting to get clout. And so like, yeah. And he's doing, you know, he, he is a brilliant com you know, comedy actor was, was a great improv background, but mm-hmm. he's also a brilliant dramatic actor. So absolutely he's he's also doing these dramas and getting nominated for, you know, awards. And it's like you get it. It's like he couldn't even though that will always probably be his most uh famous character he's known for, he had to go on to do the things. Well. But, yeah. Um so great. So I guess uh I guess we can just talk about uh, so the show itself. If you've never seen the show, I I, I don't want to say spoiler warning on this show because there's not like there is some major plot points that are in this show that if you're like really into it could maybe be a spoiler. But yeah. honestly, by now, if you've not seen a meme about every plot point in the show, I don't know how. I mean, they're all over the internet. But the show takes the place been at off a, here for like six a, years. yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has been off for a while, so. The show takes place at a paper salesman company called Dunder Mifflin in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And it's a documentary because who would not want to document the everyday life of a working paper salesman company. And you follow the characters in this place. And so it's supposed to be very realistic. It's not some fantasy kind of situation. These are everyday people and you follow the misadventures and lives of, of them. And, you get into some really funny situations. I think what was great about the show is they kind of took bits and pieces from everyone that was working on the show's life 
and be, you know, oh, I, I know someone like that that's worked in an office or mm-hmm. I'm, I've known that type that works at, you know, the kind of crazy one that knows everything or the meek one that's really shy. And so um, I guess let's go into what did you like about the overall uh, amount of characters and how it is a show with the, there is like a lead cast of about four or five leads. And then it's a lot of ensemble parts, but yeah. it really is an ensemble comedy where Overall, so many people yeah. shine in different moments. And what did you like about that as a choice instead of having kind of like three, four leads, kind of like a Seinfeld where it's just Seinfeld and his friends and, the, you know. All the other characters are ancillary. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I think, you know, as uh, actors and performers, we can really appreciate those times when it's a team effort to everyone come together to build something really special. Um, and I also really appreciate that the actors they picked were real life looking people. I mean, mm-hmm. Stanley and Phyllis and even Pam, like nobody is uh, particularly unbelievable in those roles. And so you really got to fall in love with who each one of these characters are and they call on, I mean, I know in Oscar, I know the guy that yeah. always has an actually, um, you know, so like <laughs> yeah. they did a really good job of playing to these um not stereotypes of people, but yeah, like kind of stereotypical, normal office person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What about you, Taylor? Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, exactly what Liz said, that, you know, they weren't looking for a certain type of look. It was just everyday Joes and Janes, I guess you say, Uh, just coming into work, same trials and tribulations, no matter what job, (laughs) we've all had those jobs where uh, you just don't you know, want to be there, or you just think you're better than other people, or you just frustrated people. But then again, I think the, the fun, the f- most fun about the show was that the family unit that they sometimes hated each other. And there was this animosity, but they, they really came together at certain points that you're like, this is great. Now, what I like also at the show is the fact that, yeah, as you're saying, Chris, you can watch it all the way through. And, and it is a journey in the story. There are like two I think major story or maybe three major romances or stories that kind of unfold and character development, but you could really watch it anytime and you don't have to have any background yes. knowledge. You could just, it's like anything like a Seinfeld or obviously Parks and Rec. Cause that was, you know, uh, branching what off. Followed, yeah. yeah. So I think that's the kind of cool thing about it. It's one you can just, when it's on TV, you could just pop it on and yeah, just, you just pop it on. I mean, there are obviously some episodes that, you kind of have to have a little knowledge of what's been going on, but yeah. I mean, really the only, the only real main arc of the show that mm-hmm. was really the time force that everyone was just so uh, hungry for. And we, we finally did get was the romance of Jim and Pam. Yes. That, and that was brilliant because it is at times a far-fetched comedy where you have this boss who is extremely confident, but it's such an idiot. Yeah. And you're, you you kind of think like, how is this branch even actually functioning at times? Because they keep talking about downsizing. They talk about one of these branches has to go and constantly reminded that Michael is so stupid, but at the same time, he is brilliant. He knows when to turn on the business side and when not to. But even though he has a few romances throughout the show, it's really the will they, won't they, Jim and Pam story that Mm -hmm. kept it going. And that, that little bits of romance here and there kept us the audience hungry for more we, we were loving the laughs but we were like are these gonna do they know they're in love yet like come on and yeah. that was uh brilliant um which i think is really interesting because i wouldn't look at their romance and 
like, like, oh, it's one of the all-time greatest movie TV romances. Like, they're not particularly interesting characters. They're not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, like, for some reason, as an audience, they did such a good job of being a real-life romance. That yes. Along in their journey. Yeah, it was those little stepping stones here and there. Because sometimes it would be many episodes before we get another inkling or hint. Mm-hmm. And it'd also be the thing where we'd see, from Jim's point of view, a little smirk or for her looking over at his desk and you as the audience is like, come on already. But then all of a sudden Michael and Dwight come in and cause some chaos. And um, let's go off of that for a little bit. Let's talk about Michael and Dwight. That's, that's the greatest the, romance of the show. I mean, what a pairing Steve Carell, who of course, of is course a you, you, can't, and, you can't see Liz right now, but she's rocking uh, her office shirt. Yeah, she has a Street Farmer shirt on, and she's also, she's got the backdrop right now of where most of the cast would do their interviews, and Stanley is sitting right behind her, so that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, Steve Carell and Rain Wilson, I mean, what a pair. And funny enough, Steve Carell was not technically the first actor that they were looking into, but definitely was the right choice. He is so masterful at playing the buffoon. Yeah. Then playing that, like you said, dry humor, mm-hmm. those subtle moments where you get that his emotions can go all over the place. And I love that they, they don't really talk about this a lot in the show, but you get the sense that he is a very depressed person at home. Yeah. Like he lives to be at the office, which is the opposite of what everyone ever does at work is we go through the work day to make ends meet and do what we have to do. And then we want to go home and live our lives outside of work he has to go to work to have his audience because he's usually going home alone mm-hmm. uh, minus the times he gets in those relationships. And then you have the pairing of him with his secondhand man, Dwight, the <laughs> supreme know-it-all nerd who is also such an idiot at times. And he's and the, just the epic follower. That character, I think the way that they getting rain and, it's something about, too, I think his height difference and his tone of voice. He has such a deep voice. And the way he can, just, he can speak out these, these kind of nerdy things or things that he talks about or just with such guts, like got some, he's just like, he's like, you know, uh, talking about healthcare or about farming. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy to me. Everything knowledge. that Dwight does, he goes all in. Yes, like, he's he, all in. There's nothing subtle he, about and, Dwight. And he knows he's right. He's like, I know I'm right, and I'm going to show you why I'm right. I'm the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yes. So today, today, Liz is the assistant to the co-host manager. Of the podcast. Of yeah. the podcast <laughs> whoever that might be. Um, but they're so great, and they're so funny. And the, the, I love that it's like Dwight is always wanting to get Michael's job, but he's also begging at his feet kissing him to to keep that friendship and he needs that friendship just as much as michael needs dwight even though michael constantly throws him away disses him puts him down and that pairing of like kind of the three stooges but it's the two of them and then you have this budding romance of jim and pam just the combination of those four and then you add in the the kind of i guess the i don't want to say ace of spades there but like you had that kind of like wild card of Ryan, who is really the fifth lead of the show until he kind of starts to do other things in the show. And 
of the guy who was, he just got stuck there. That was the place that the temp job sent him. Yeah. I, I love there's that line when Dwight goes, man, to think they could have sent you anywhere. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I think about that every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he like keeps coming back to the office, right? Like yeah. there's so many times that his character mm-hmm. could easily have been written off the show, but they somehow bring him back. I love that that he even fun. gets he even gets bumped up to like the CEO position and then he ends up mm-hmm. getting arrested and right back to the office. And then of course, <laughs> like when when Michael decides to go off on his own, the Michael Scott paper company, and then he <laughs> recruits Ryan and he's got these blonde highlights and it's blonde like blonde hair. Yeah. Wow. I saw the funniest meme of like how Michael has a type because all of his girlfriends on the show are blonde and there's a they're picture blondes. of Ryan. Yeah, there's a picture of Ryan with his blonde hair. There's even that. There's that. There's that great moment. It was the episode when Ryan. You find out that Ryan actually uh, burned uh, his sandwich in the toaster, and that's what caused the fire. It's cheesy pita. That is cheesy pita. That's right. And they're playing that game of like, who would you do? And mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of, you know, Jim is in defense of being funny. He, he can't say he wants to do Pam. So he's like, um, I would do Kevin. And then Michael with like zero delay is like, well, I would do Ryan. And he's like very serious about it. <laughs> and I love there's that line too. It's so great when uh, obviously Ryan and Kelly get their romance going. And at mm-hmm. one point Kelly goes, Ryan won't return to my calls. And Michael goes, that you know, that's how I feel. Or he has some line that's something like, "Yeah, tell me about it." Like, yeah, so, Ryan's his girlfriend, or like that's yeah. uh, his. F- can I say? Can I curse? No. His F boy. Yeah. <laughs> or if he did, but it wouldn't bleep saying, it out. Yeah, as the kids are saying these days. That is true. Though. <laughs> um, well, what are some other characters? I mean, again, we've talked about. Yeah, the, the, the leads are very solid, and there are probably other characters I would. I would qualify get into the lead category, such as like Andy, I think uh, mm-hmm. definitely gets, starts off as a smaller character, becomes into his own, and then even eventually takes over as Michael's job uh, for the last couple seasons there. But um, who were some of the side characters that you really, really have come to love uh, through watching the show? Because they're all so great. I mean, I probably watched the whole series uh, I don't want to say more than 50 times, but probably. I mean, now that it's on Netflix, like you just pop it it's on. It's so easy. You do yeah. other things yeah. and it's mm-hmm. in the background. So, um, but each one of the characters kind of revolves through having a highlight or not. So you even get to love Stanley and like his whole like blase like personality. And then when it comes to pretzel day, like this is what he lives for is pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> like even Phyllis, like we get to see her love journey with Bob Vance Bam's refrigeration. Like yeah. we get to see all of these characters kind of have their moment in the sun. And so there's not really any secondary characters. They're all kind mm-hmm. of leads in, a, in their own right. Right. Yes. So yeah. Well, and you, and you yeah. fall in love with all of them. Yeah, even like I was like I hated Angela, but yes. then you grow to love her so much because of her romance with Dwight, and it just though that she, she it's just like that person at the office where you just they seem really angry all the time, but you get to know them like oh they're a really good person, and of course there's always a cat lady. So <laughs> so yes, but uh, spoiler yeah. alert, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't tell you this. Liz actually is uh, embodiment of all the characters a little bit. Yeah, she has little bits of all of them. Look like all of them. But um, yeah, I think it is like they they did such a great job of finding these people that many of them had an improv background, but some were just not even actors. Like 
I know the the lady that plays Phyllis, she was like a casting assistant and they just had her come in and play. And she's great in that show. Like she wasn't an actress. She, she as she does uh, do many times throughout the show, she did used to be a, a dancer. So okay. those moments where Phyllis really gets to let loose um, that's a little bit of her past, but yeah, you can I, see she has some technique there. Yes, like she, she, she does some kickball changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did like that the show, which you don't see this on many shows that I can think of, uh, they had some of their writers be also acting in the show, and that was great because they could be in the midst of a scene, and then one scene uh, would you know cut or they have a little break then they would discuss things and they would kind of get to know more of the actor side of these characters so that when they were writing future episodes or discussing with Greg Daniels, who was the creator and overall kind of uh, visionary for the show, like what would be the next best thing for this character? And so of course the main four we know of are uh, Mindy Kaling, BJ Novak, Paul Lieberstein and Mike Schur. And Mike Schur, who has created many shows, including he went on to do Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Moe's in the show. Um, mm-hmm. Those four were, you know, I mean, especially BJ was a big main character. Kelly was in and out and then she kind of became a main character. Toby is one of the all-time iconic characters of the show. The antithesis of Michael. The worst character. (laughs) And like, oh, that character. And then, then of course, we have uh, Moe's, the mysterious Moe's, Dwight's Dwight's cousin. He's running around Um, all the time. And I love that too. He doesn't have any lines, I don't think. No, sometimes just <laughs> very, talk very to little. Him, you just run off. Why I, the one I my my last rewatch? There's that scene where they go to uh, I think it's the last season. It might be or, or season eight. They go to Shroot Farm and they have like Dwight has to keep announcing every time someone walks in. And when the, they the get there, party like the garden party <laughs> for uh, for Andy and. I just remember uh, there's that scene where it's like Moe's has to valet the cars and he takes the car and just drives straight into the cornfield and just leaves it there. And I was like, like, even though season eight and season nine are definitely not as strong as the season of Michael in it, there are these moments that really made me laugh. So I think it was just the plot went a little The uh, the presence of Stephen Crow was like one, I think it was like with the character of Andy once Andy took over as regional manager, they tried to kind of turn him into something he really isn't. Like, yeah. he's always had anger management, and that's been a funny part of his character. Um, but he, like him and Aaron, I was so bummed when they started to kind of fizzle out because yeah. he was kind of becoming too aggressive at times. And his char- and I think they tried to be like, we have to mold him to what he was into more of a Steve Carell type because now he's the kind of head lead of this and it didn't work for me but there's still these moments yeah he had moments of like heart but overall i think they made him too dopey and too unlikable Mm -hmm. whereas michael even though he was dopey he was so lovable oh you yeah his intentions were not selfish at best and andy's was completely self-centered and 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 i think that was also a way of them to kind of like write him off the show so that he could do the hangover is like oh he went on a boat trip and so like doing other projects but i just didn't think that they gave andy the heart that we had seen in earlier and seasons. earlier when, yeah mm-hmm. and when aaron and andy got together we were all cheering for it we're oh, yeah i mean it, it wasn't it wasn't as uh strong a build-up as jim and pam of course because they were like we're not going to be on for another six seasons to 
get them together. But it was like, oh my gosh, Andy. Because Andy, Andy goes through one of the hardest things in the show, to be honest. Like, that is so difficult that he, he's engaged to Angela. And then, of course, Angela's sleeping with Dwight the whole time. And the way he finds out, Michael is just right. He's like, Angela and Dwight are sleeping together. And, it, and everyone looks up at the office and they're all like, oh gosh. I mean, like, I love that there's a whole scene where Aaron finds out that <laughs> yeah. Angela and, and Andy were engaged from Michael because Michael can never keep a secret. And there's never really a moment, you don't see a scene where like, Aaron never really finds out that like, Angela did what she did because she was with Dwight. Like, she doesn't really get that moment. So I feel like when she's like, I need to have some time on my, by myself. And Andy's kind of like, oh, okay. Then they have this divide in their relationship. And I'm like, well, you can't really be mad at him because you didn't know what happened to him. But she never finds out that like, oh, well, I was cheated on. So that's why I, I love that she's just kind of like, well, you were with Angela. I need, I need time to think. And yeah. I mean, which I mean, rightfully so. So, but um, what are some of your favorite uh, scenes or plots or things that you just always are like top, top bits you love in the show. All right. Well, hands down, the CPR scene, I think is uh, the best three minutes of any television show out it there. It is like, brilliant. It's so brilliant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> From them dancing, like Kelly getting up and dancing to them singing um, the song or like to Dwight doing it, pulling a, a, a hand Silence of the Lambs, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. And what does so, Michael think... say? He's on the floor and he's like, this man has no arms and legs. He's like, should we even, <laughs> should we even like... What's the quality of life? Like, quality of life there. <laughs> and bother? Kevin's like, he's like, Kevin, would you, would you want to live with no arms and no legs? And he's like, that's... He says something that's how you live right now. That's how you live right now. Yeah. That's <laughs> so funny. And then I love it. Immediately cuts to the boardroom and David's asking Dwight, did you, did you have to cut off the face? And he's like, <laughs> in the movie, it didn't look realistic. Turns out it's very realistic. <laughs> what a psychopath. And, and I think can, that's a, yeah. uh, the scene uh, where Dwight does the fire drill. I was gonna say, yeah. Is uh, one of the best openings of any of the episodes. Just the chaos. I mean, only he, smoking saves lives. only he can <laughs> think that this would be a good idea. And no one else, of course, would think this is, and in his head he's like this is gonna be the best thing and then it's just chaos and i love that through that whole scene where we're th angela's throwing a cat up to oscar in the roof and all this chaos michael is doing so much to protect himself and it just shows that character of he's not really heroic even though he talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk um anything you particularly love taylor that jumps um out i think obviously you know the very beginning with the sexual harassment um episode i think really set the tone for what the show is going to be about um and like when he's like when he's like hitting on phyllis he's like uh, oh my god i'm so, getting a boner like it's like yeah. him and, and him and packer todd packer oh. character was just the great because they're just like they're just these they think there's these macho guys and they're really not um and then uh i think the running gag of it's hard to pick one, but the running gag of Jim, you know, pranking Dwight. I think the the funniest one was when he he wrapped all his stuff up and like it was all gone. So he like tries to sit on the desk and oh like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, flies. Mm -hmm. Or when he has um, I forget the actor, but he comes in and it's uh, Asian Jim, and he comes in there and he's like, 
He's like, I've been doing the whole time. It's like, nice even the photos, yeah. even the photos are like of him. Like he's the like, commitment to the prank. Yeah. It's like, oh, just so mm-hmm. funny. And of course, I think everyone's favorite, one just, of the favorite. Um, even like the when the he has the miracle beans. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, like it's just so great, the bits. I love it. Yeah, those little side bits. And I feel like those are real things that people would, if you're kind of stuck at a job that you don't really... Like, really, Jim was only staying at that job because Pam was there. Like, he, yeah. he says throughout the show that he, he could have left. He could have done other things, but he stays Sorry, for Pam. Sorry, my dog's barking. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Anything can't happen in this podcast. <laughs> they can be interviewed, too. We're um, allowed to have dogs. No swearing, though, please. <laughs> maybe we'll get to that, but then we have to click a little box that says explicit content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, we have so many... So many kids listen to this podcast, but um, no, yeah, I mean, oh, it's so great. I think it's also the way some people say lines. It just, it's the delivery. It's not fairly a uh, difficult line by any means, but like one that always sticks out to my mind is Dwight and Andy, when they first kind of are starting to meet and work together, there is kind of a, a, a battle going on. They're kind of, they're both kind of, uh, aiming to get michael's uh you know side and there's one line where ed helms goes dwight may have won the battle but i will win the next battle and you, you think he's gonna say like but i will win the war which is the famous saying but he says the next battle and it's the way he says it's so great um or that line where Michael comes in and he's like, well, 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 how the turntables. How the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> I think, so yeah. It's lovable. <laughs> in the show, I mean, if you're a fan of this show, as much of the show itself is so funny and so brilliant, you can also spend hours watching the outtakes, which are just as great. These are all masterful improv actors and comedians that are saying some of the most ridiculous things. And, Watching them break and break each other is just as fun. I mean, Rain Wilson probably has the most interesting lines to us he has to deliver throughout the show just because of mm-hmm. his character. And he breaks the most. He's got such his break is so funny. He's got the like a really loud laugh, and it's funny to watch him break saying these ridiculous monologues. So um I I do love watching the out sometimes I'll just put the outtakes on for a while too. Yeah. Those are great. But yeah, yeah the I actually show, listened yeah. to his uh, his book on oh, yeah, yeah. his uh, bibliography, which is eight hours long, mm. which is crazy long to me. I don't know, like wow. Um, but it's called the Bassoon King because he used to play the bassoon in high school marching band. Wow. Oh. Well, there <laughs> so you go. Um, and what was interesting was him talking about the office and all of the little things that they did to keep it real. Um, so they would actually sit in the office and work on their computers while scenes were going on for sometimes hours at a time. So I said that they would just like pull up Facebook on their computers or play Minesweeper, like really actually play these things. And, yeah, I know um, that um, one of the things that Jenna Fisher, if, I mean, you're, if you're a fan of The Office, uh, as we are all talking right now, you should be listening to Office Ladies. It's a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Jenna Shout Fisher out to Angela Office Kinsey. Ladies. Shout out to Office Ladies. <laughs> um, and she talks about how, yeah, like there were their computers were only allowed to visit X amount of sites or had X amount of things on them because they were supposed to look like computers of the time. Um, but they would sit there and just do busy work. And sometimes they would do like 30 minutes to an hour of just office work and they would just come in and film so they could have like B roll 
for like, you know, if Michael's doing a monologue and they're just cutting to people working. And yeah, I think they really try to make it as real as possible. Also, I know what's great is the first season was set. Like, I think they actually got an office and they kind of had to make it up. And then once they got picked up and were actually, you know, oh, season one did really well. We have more money now. They had to then actually got a studio and they actually had to remake the entire office like to look exactly like it was in the first season but they had more room to actually do things and then i love that they talk about too like once they got better and they actually got an emmy nomination it was like well now we can actually take scenes outside and like go to different places and not just stay at the office you know they started to expand michael got to go to new york and then they started having like the beach trip and like all this other stuff well the beach trip which is also a great episode um yeah, I mean, the show, I think the show will remain to be iconic. I think it'll be remembered for a long time. I, I know the British office, I've seen a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. I know it's such an influence to that because uh, Ricky Gervais, you know, helped create this as well. But this just has so much more content to it. It's a longer show. Um, so I'll be curious to see what it's like in you know, fears time. I mean, we're, we're, we've been told it's coming off of Netflix next year. We will see if that remains no, true. No, they've not. been threatening us with that for years. I mean, they did I that for years it. and I, I just yeah. don't feel like it's going to happen. I think the office right now is still the number one watched program on Netflix and has been at that spot for years. So is it really, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Or like also like most rewatched program as well. Yeah, so. I mean Friends is gone, so now they get they're not the king right now still. So they're not the king, but I would it be I I would love to see some kind of smart reunion show to mm-hmm. show that these characters years later. I liked what they did with Parks and Rec when they did that Zoom call episode. So like it was still an episode; it just was all of them on a Zoom call. I don't want to see that for the office because it's going to be too similar, but I could see like a couple years from now, some kind of, you know, special. I, I would be okay with that. If it was smartly written and, and done well, I would love it. Cause everyone. Yeah. The I feel like with a, these reunion shows though, is they just try to throw it all in there and they don't really like it. Yeah. They try to do too much. To the original writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would be curious to see what they would do. I mean, I think the world would be okay with it as long as Steve would do it. Yeah. And of, of of all the actors, I feel like he's been the one most hesitant just because it's like, it's already been done. Like, why, you know, yeah. I did that character. Why do we need to go and back? We came to back it? for the finale. So it was like, you know. Which is a great, that's a great little, little, little nugget there. Well, Turn up a little bit. <laughs> it's like all my kids are growing up and getting married. It's every parent's dream. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, uh, that was uh, that was the office. You guys, any other like final thoughts on the show? Uh, things you want to talk about at all? Because uh, I mean, we could we could go into detail for a long time, but yeah. Well, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the dinner party. Oh, let's one of the best episode. best scenes, uh, best episodes of all time. Uh, there's a there's a so there's a uh, above Michael position that is a, a woman named Jan. And Jan and Michael have an on and off romance throughout the show. And this is at a time where they're very much boyfriend and girlfriend. And they have their little house that Michael bought, his condo. Mm -hmm. And they decide to have a little dinner party. And I love about this episode is they have a running gag through episodes leading up to it. 
that Michael's constantly asking Jim and Pam to come to dinner. And Jim always has some excuse. Oh, we have that thing tonight. Oh, too bad. Okay. Oh, we have that thing tonight. Oh, too bad. And then Michael pulls a fast one on him <laughs> and gets him to, I forget, what exactly does he do? I forget. He does like a- He um, schedules them to work late. He's, oh, that's corporate right. Corporate needs us to work late. And, and then has a big dramatic, these people aren't working and makes yeah. a call to corporate and says, you know what? I told them where they could stick it. <laughs> So he stages a coup, right? So that uh, and he goes on. Jamie's like, Jim you know, has, you and Pam should come over dinner. And he's like, oh, and he's like, you didn't save plans. And Jim <laughs> realizes that he's like, oh, he got me. So Jim yeah. and Pam decide to go over, and uh, Andy and Angela come over, and then Dwight brings a random lady. Did you say it was like his babysitter or his something? Babysitter, yes, it was. Like also, kind of <laughs> like, physical with each other. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> It's couples only, and they come over to have this dinner party, and oh, the dialogue it's, is amazing. You could tell that there is, I feel like there was a, a sexual chemistry that Michael and Jan had because of the circumstances earlier in the show. At this point, they, they're just not gelling. You could tell that Michael is just constantly berated by this woman, and that whole bit too, and he talks about uh, every time he wanted to go you know, between Stomp or Wicked, what do we see? We saw Wicked, and it's like, he picks the show that most people wouldn't choose over Wicked, but he just doesn't get his way. She's got a work, she's got a, she has a workplace, and like, she's got like two rooms in the house dedicated to her, really her hobbies, and candles, and the, yeah, the candle making, and there's, there's the fighting the whole, TV. oh yeah, and, and, like, oh. Can move, and it's like two inches. The plasma TV must be what, like a, forever. <laughs> A, like a 20 inch or something it's, it's so tiny not Compared, even i think it's like not 12 even. inch yeah yeah <laughs> so funny and the, yeah i mean wow well and it was funny there was an article not too long ago comparing that one to what was a more awkward episode was that one or of course the scott's tots episode scott's tots, scott's tots <laughs> will always be the the top episode of cringiest yes because like the f- for the full episode, I mean, there's cringy oh. moments in all episodes, but that one, oh, because you're just sitting there. Because of course, you know, uh, Michael Scott, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm uh, years ago, I, I, uh, I'm gonna take all these kids to college or whatever and make sure they get there because he likes to be a millionaire, and then he has to like make do on that promise, and he's just sitting there in that class awkwardly, and they're all like, oh, because of you, I didn't do drugs, I didn't, and he's just like like sinking lower lower into his chair like trying to like keep it together and steve carell does such a great job in that episode of you can tell he just does not want to go he doesn't want to go in the room he doesn't want to see these kids he doesn't want to say it and he even has that line all right you're gonna make me say it <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> tuition is very expensive yeah, and he gives him a laptop yeah. battery <laughs> Not even a laptop. Oh, so funny! Battery. No, just a battery. <laughs> to, to a yeah, to a, maybe a laptop they have, but maybe not. Um, yeah. Oh man! But so I love that. Fact oh, okay. Is the dance. You know how they do the little dance? The hey, Mister Scott. That mm-hmm. little dance number. Yeah. Um, they apparently were on America's Next Best Dance Crew. That TV show. All of those. Oh. Ooh, okay, that's cool. I found this out in one of my many Facebook office fan sites that yeah. I follow. <laughs> Which is uh, how many do you follow there, Liz? How many, how many? Three, okay. Three. Yeah, one's called Shroot Farms, 
One is Office Super Fans, and one is, I think, Office Fans Trivia, which I thought I would be, like, killer at, but the questions they ask is, like, what color of shirt was Angela wearing in this episode at oh. this moment marker? And, like, people be like, blue. Oh. And you're like, what is wrong with nerds? Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that much. What is the fifth line spoken in episode yeah. seven of season four? I don't know. Yeah. That's and funny. if they if you get it wrong, they like rail you. So I'm like, I don't really follow that one. Like, you just get 20 comments. Boo. <laughs> and, uh, you call yourself a fan? Get out of here. Um, yeah. I think another iconic moment that has greatly become a meme and is a, a really funny moment is uh, Toby is, if you will, the the nemesis to Michael, <laughs> although he's the only For one no that sees reason. it that way. For no reason. He just doesn't like yeah. <laughs> Toby. And Toby ends up leaving partway through the, the seasons to go to Costa Rica. So Michael, of course, is celebrating. He's so happy. And then at some point, he starts having a relationship with the girl that replaces Toby, which they're not allowed to do at that part. Mm-hmm. So at some part, Toby comes back and there's this whole great little opening scene to a, a, a episode where they're all having brownies and uh, Kelly's like, I'll take one back for Toby. And Michael's like, Haha, yeah, good one. And Jim's like, oh no, you, you should go back there. And he's like, dare I for old sake? He goes back there and he's like, see, no one's here. Turns around and there's Toby. And then we have the infamous, no, no, God, no, God, no, 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 and he he is at the age he is, and he's not really. He seems to be. I love how throughout the show they kind of make it sound like his income keeps getting lower as regional manager. Like he keeps <laughs> losing money, even though he should be like increasing and gaining bonuses and stuff. And I think he's at a point where he's kind of like, I'm single. I have a condo that I didn't really want to pay for. And I'm not really making the money I am. And I think he keeps being reminded that he's not as successful as he could be. Neil says his dream of kind of, he, he kind of wants to be bigger and famous than he is. So I think for some reason, Toby will bring up these little things of reality and he reads into that. And that's why he hates him, even though yeah. he really shouldn't. And, even, and Toby continually tries to help Michael through his problems. And he's never. Well, and, you know, Michael, for an all for not, like, continues to get himself in situations where he's, mm-hmm. he sexually harasses people. He doesn't know he's doing it, which is, like, so charming, but obviously. But um, Toby <laughs> has to be like, you screwed yeah, Michael, up. You, you, this you is bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I just love yeah, the awkward Toby like him. <laughs> Ruins his fun. Yeah, you just, yeah. Um, can't. Hi, Pam. His love of Pam. His awkward love of Pam, which is so great. It is great. It's also cringy. It is. It is cringy. There's that that one scene where they're all in the conference room, and Toby. They're all like laughing about something, and Toby just puts his hand on Pam's knee, and everyone just kind of stops, and he's like, "Uh, "So I'm moving to Costa Rica." And you can tell he's and, like, and ah. scales the fence because yeah. it's locked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's just like can't be in the oh situation anymore. Or when so Pam, he's like, uh, I want to, I want to get a photo of you and me, Pam. Uh, do you have a camera? No. 
does anyone have a camera? Yeah. I'll go get one. And he like goes out and buys a camera so you can get a photo with him. <laughs> nerd, so oh, great. So uh, the show, it's so fun. It's, it's, I mean, there's so many moments that are There's wonderful. so many like, moments. The, the parkour scene where they're uh, Michael, parkour. Dwight, parkour. And Andy are being parkour. <laughs> like, just Keeping all it, yeah, the openings. I think, I think it's just real brilliant. Although... I think the biggest thing that dates the show is seeing the technology throughout the show. There's a lot of like flip phones and some <laughs> of the devices they use. Uh, we don't only really have today, but they did do a good job of, they would kind of comment on things happening when it was relevant in that time, such as yeah. that like parkour thing. And, yeah, yeah. Planking was a big uh. one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a fun show to watch. And, and I mean, I doubt if you're listening to this and you have not watched it. Uh, maybe we've uh, <laughs> gotten this made, far. Maybe, but it is on Netflix. It. it is. It is so accessible to watch, and I hope it does stay on Netflix. Absolutely, because uh, I think it is a great show to put on a few episodes of time here and just kind of get into the zone. And and I think if you are a fan of that style and the mockumentary styles we talked about, if you've not seen the Christopher Guest movies, you need to go right now and watch them because they are brilliant. But he kind of you can start with Best in Show. It's on yeah. Hulu. It's his movies kind of paved the way to what I think it was a combination of seeing like what he did in his movies and this idea of kind of the style of like those reality shows, like the real world and stuff where they would have scenes with everyone in them. And it's and the camera angles in the show are so really cool. They keep it really focused. Like you are just watching real life. And I love even like seeing your, your background with standing in the background. They had all these great shots of like through the blinds that I thought was so cool. So like the blinds would be blurred out, but you would see like in them. And so it was like a sneak shot of like, what are they talking about? Um, there are some moments though in the show yeah. where you kind of think like, if this is a documentary crew that's documenting these people, why are they following them in a certain situations? And they do kind yeah. of comment on that sometimes. Like <laughs> Jim has that great line where he's like, so you're just taping people in the bathroom now? <laughs> like, um, uh, you know, it, it's it, the fact that, I don't think we ever really find. Did we ever, I don't remember if we find out why they're being documented. They hint at. They hint at. Did they the hint very at that? Big, I'm trying to remember. They, they hint at. The, I think the very end when they play, they play the final product, because they and like also like different stuff like, um, like David he talks about this and things like that. Like, oh, what is this for? So, it's not like why it was started, but it was like you know, oh, we wanted like just have this documentary like to see everyday life in an. A, just your typical office but uh and then it was like funny when they did break the kind of the fourth wall within the fourth wall um was when one of the crew like takes like you know helps out pam because she's crying and yes. stuff like that so it was like it kind of took you out of the experience like oh okay this but and i actually i liked that i liked the storyline when jim and pam were having issues because it did it did kind of take away from oh they're the perfect fairy tale kind of romance yeah. idea and it was like very real because they were at that point where jim was wanting something bigger and better than this place and pam read into it as constantly that meant that he was going to either leave her or it's going to affect the family and it, it it added a lot of depth to that last season to be like oh are they are they gonna make it and then of course in they the were end, they were actually supposed to be written to get divorced but wow. they ended up pivoting and just keeping them together which i think Damn. you know was probably the right choice yeah. but the right choice it, people would have <gasps> i love that even <laughs> from like the very first episode you get there's certain characters 
that really liked the idea that they're being filmed. Michael being, of course, the number one candidate for that. He, Steve does such <laughs> yeah. a great job of constantly looking at the camera, sometimes just a little one little eye or something. Yeah. And then it grew into Dwight kind of doing it where he would kind of do the, the deep smile or like, especially the side with eye, the side like, eye, like, how do you know Angela is in the guys like that? And he'd kind of be like, do that like face. And Jim, of course, has his gym face. It's very iconic. <laughs> and, you know, other people would have small moments of that. But every time the way that my, uh, Steve Carell could do like a monologue or a few lines and he would just get one little one little eye look into the camera at the right moment. So funny. Some of those are like, it was really, really, that was written into the script. Of yeah. Like, you say this and then you look at the camera, which I thought was really thoughtful in um, the writing, right? Is to have those moments where it did bring. Yeah. I like to, I like hearing the backstory that most of the stuff in the show was part of the script. It, you know, mm -hmm. they were allowed to uh, improv every now and then, which mm -hmm. some things were improv, but so much of that was right into the writing, which is why the writing was so strong in that show and so important. Um, kudos to them for that absolutely fantastic was, job yeah. from everyone from the director the writing team um hair and makeup and everything and the set designing i mean i think that will still to this day and, and further i hope it stands the test of time because even like you said the fact that there's dated moments because of technology and stuff but the character development and the humor i think it's still like timeless and the relationships, yeah. They, Absolutely. They... And I think that was the core of it. Like you said, back when you begin, when you're talking about that the family was, you know, Michael Scott's family. That's why he lived for the office. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really was his story because this was just a story about a family. A I even love that they, they, they go off on, there's moments where even enemies become friends and then friends become enemies. I mean, mm -hmm. I always love seeing the moments where even though Jim, Jim doesn't really hate Dwight, he just loves to to make fun of and mm -hmm. tease Dwight. But they show like that, there's like a picture of them. They, they both kind of started off at the same time with this company. And, you know, Dwight had the huge hair and Jim had bigger hair. And I think there's those moments where Jim does try to help Dwight out because he is, he is kind of like a brother figure to him. So that's why he's so fun to make fun of. And then or moments where Dwight and Pam are like kind of friendly, like that whole yeah. episode where Dwight has the concussion and then, He's super nice to Pam and, and she's like, bye. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. It's like, no, it'll be different. It's going to be different. <laughs> but there's still throughout the show, there's moments where they all help each other because they're all going through stuff. And even that moment where uh, after Angela kind of breaks up with Dwight and then Jim's about to do another bad prank and Pam's like, take it easy on him. He just went through a breakup. And you're like, that's so sweet and so real because Pam has just as much right throughout the show to be like, let's prank Dwight because he's always talking down to her and other things and so sweet and all uh, that heart throughout the show really kept that was like the glue of the show because yep. there's some really ridiculous yeah. humor throughout the show and then it's it's that heart that really ties it all together and i think that's something that other shows have clung on to since we kind of were going through an era of sitcoms where it was so many funny situations and again i do think it's great that this wasn't an in front of audience camera show. Yeah. I think some of the in front of audience camera shows, if they're smartly written, work out really well. But sometimes it's like, oh, that's a laugh track. And that's why it seems funnier than it is. But the ones that aren't, such as like this, Arrested Development, um, Parks, oh, Fan, Arrested Development, uh, that's yeah. a good one. But Parks and Rec, Aww. yeah, any of those shows, or Shit's Creek. 
Yeah, Shit's Creek's another one where it, it benefits from not having. Look at this fluffer. You are. <laughs> this is perfect. This is like a scene from The Office with Liz right now with her yes. background. What's her, her name? Her name is Lady Papa. Oh, it's like right. Lady Gaga. Lady I remember when you were naming her and you were looking for all kind of pun names and <laughs> Lady Papa. I reached out to you actually That's because right. you were a pun nerd. I don't know and if we I had any. Lady Ma- Ma- Madogna was was up there. <laughs> <laughs> what else was up there? Oh, shoot, I can't remember now. Lady Papa. Yeah, and the cat Pa-pa. is Meowlin Monroe. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> Papa, ra ra ra. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, um, yeah, I think that was a, a solid chat on the office. I that's think it's office. uh that's the office. There you go. Um, yeah, I think it's a show that it will continue to uh, make audiences laugh, cry, feel good, maybe cringe at times. Um, it's a great show. And of course, the creator of that, uh, Greg Daniels, he just started a new show. I want to say it's on Hulu. I know it's like a sci-fi show. Uh, forgive me for not knowing the, the title right now. But Mike Schur, who played Moe's, he's had many shows come out since then. Um, I believe he did not only Parks and Rec, but what's uh, The Good Place? I believe the good he place, created that as well. Which is so good. Um, yeah. Which I have not seen. I need to get into that. That's a show I have not it's seen. It's very, very good. And, and what I think is really special about what shows are trying to do now, including The Good Place, is they're like, here's our story arc. And when we get there, we're done. Yeah. Yes. They, don't, they don't overstay their welcome. Yeah, we are like, seeing that more and more now of... We're, we're getting further away from, even though The Office was part of this, we're getting away from shows that are the 22 to 24 episodes a season where we need to have a half hour or an hour every Thursday, you know, 14 episodes from the start of the summer, I mean, end of summer to Christmas, take two weeks off, then January to May. That's been such a standard for so many network shows. Now with things like Netflix, Hulu, all that, we're getting more of that what me and Taylor talk about is like quality over over quantity mm-hmm. is this yeah. season's only going to be eight episodes but you're going to get so much out of eight episodes you're and then the next season will, yeah, like yeah. a good solid eight episodes and I do yeah like Shit's Creek is an example of that their their seasons are only like 12 13 episodes each and, and they're only and half they out like after this season we're done yeah, yeah they I just mean, came like, the last we want one. the story to go like this and when we get yeah. there we're done and so if that happens in six seasons or seven seasons or in three seasons sorry which i appreciate it. it i think it yeah. really it, it makes it more of a piece of art than it is just kind of entertainment for entertainment's sake and yeah. if you milk it too long it it gets uh i mean like i I was really into Modern Family for the first uh, few seasons. Like, I loved the show. I thought the characters were great. Again, that kind of mockumentary style. And after about season six, seven, I kind of just fell off because it wasn't as funny anymore. Uh, and then I the characters got too un- unlikable and unreal. They weren't really well, taking know, I, a risk with the show. I was watching up to four, and I don't know, and that, as the, in no offense to kid actors, but once they get older, we miss the lovableness of them. And then this is start. true, yeah. Um, and then something we reference on this show because this is a nerd podcast is, yeah. um, I was a fan of The Big Bang Theory for again the first couple seasons. I thought I yeah, loved the kind of idea, and that show ran for what 12, 13 seasons, like yeah, the third, running comedy. No and yeah. after you know, again, like got to like season seven or eight, and I stopped really getting into it because it 
it felt like all the ideas that were smart about that show had been had been done and they were just yeah. pulling its strings to continue to well and also like even though the office there wasn't radical stuff changed but there was character development where i felt like big bang theory they're just some of the characters they didn't progress or anything or they got worse it was just like i also think this a huge part of that show was these nerds eventually working to get girlfriends yeah and then once they did or got married it kind of lost the point of the show because they're supposed to be they're those four smartest people and they're such idiots around girls which is you know a a comedy bit that's that stood that you know that's in so many shows i mean Mm -hmm. right now i've been watching frasier and i've been really enjoying it and that is they're you know uh kelsey Grammer and david high pierce are like two very smart hoity-toity people and they're such idiots around women they constantly do things that you know for the smartest people on the planet they're such idiots and that's why big bang theory worked and it's like jim in the office go ahead what was great about like the big bang theory is they brought us into that intelligence they showed us really smart things we saw how their brains got to work and then once they started getting into the relationships lost a bit of that like actual Mm -hmm. science part of the show and then it became about like their relationship which i you lost the heart of the show for me. Yeah, and when you have, yeah. you have a character like Raj for years, it's like, I'm just tired of him just being the lonely guy. I'm like, this, like, come on, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It just, there was, it's, it is about getting out while the going is good. And not Which makes me curious off. to know, of course, it was a network-driven thing that the show was going so well and it was so popular. That's why they wanted to keep going. But I wonder, having given the choice to go back in time, if they knew that Steve was only going to go through so long, if they had written season seven to be like, all right, once Michael leaves, that is the end of the series. And maybe they would have referred to the documentary at the end as this is the Michael Scott documentary. Like, like a bonus well, we just know it's a documentary, but maybe at the end it's discovered that it's actually on him. And like for some reason he was chosen to be the boss of this, whatever. Cause I think it would have worked better to have ended with that moment of him saying goodbye to everyone. I mean, to this day, one of the best episodes is Michael's goodbye. And I remember seeing yeah. that way out of order. I think it just came on TV. I think I actually remember yeah. seeing it come on TV. I had not seen all the episodes prior to this. I just put it on and I was crying and I haven't even seen the show. Like I didn't see the show proper to get that actual full emotional, like goodbye. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so still funny, but very tear felt. And I thought that would have been a really solid. And that's the end of the series. Yeah. But then we had to keep going. And there's little moments that do work. And there's a lot that just doesn't work. Yeah. But do I know, do, do love. You know that they were trying to make a spinoff of the Shroots and the Shroot Farm? I, I, I could have been okay with that. I mean, it is such a bizarre Yeah, so that's place. why they set up all of, yeah, that's why they had all of those episodes around the farm is because they were trying to make a spinoff. And it just. It didn't work as well. But I, I, I will say, I do like James Spader as Robert California. There's something about that character that I did find funny. Do um, you? I, I do, don't yeah. like Robert California at all. Really? I'll tell you who I don't like at all. Yeah. I think is the worst character on the show is that British chick. I don't remember her name in the show. She's Nelly? Nelly. Yeah, Nelly. Nelly. Uh, I, she had a couple of redeeming moments, but I didn't like her storyline. I didn't like yeah. her character. Something that I did appreciate that she said, she was like, I was just trying to play the villain because I wanted more camera time. Like that was like, okay, I get it. I get now why you made those choices, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I don't think 
something that they they clued us in to like her in the beginning. They, it was just mm. like, oh, I don't know, I'm gonna add that. Mm. But yeah, she was unlikable to me as well. Yeah. But Robert California just. Uh, I liked I liked what he his kind of it was such a different style compared to of course like Michael or even Will Ferrell briefly being the manager. <laughs> it was such a different. I like that he kind of tested Jim and Gabe like so differently. And he was like very, like very James Spader-ish, of course, because it's him playing it. But like the way that he could kind of manipulate people, control them, I thought it was kind of funny because it did make, it did remind me of kind of those business movies of like the 80s and 90s where there was the one guy that was very like mouthy and, and you yeah. know, well, I think we should do this. Well, why do you think we should do that? And he would just get his way and they'd be like, okay. Do I look like a guy who wasted And especially time? Andy. I mean, yeah. Andy was moved into that position of being the Michael-like character, but he was such like a weakling and he would do anything that Robert did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's so much to that show. It, it, I, it's like 80% awesome. 20% good try. You know? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Get it. A for effort. All right, but, Taylor, you didn't say who your least favorite is. Who's your least favorite character? Um, I think, I think, um, I would agree with Nelly. I would say that was my least, but I think Andy became my least because I didn't like what they did with this character. I think I, I really love, I loved Andy being the goofball. And then once he, even when he got the position, but when they wrote how they wrote off his character and brought him back, just wasn't a fan. And I just, they just kind of, kind of ruined that for me so that was and he, that was, and he was the singer he was the yeah. theater guy you know i oh, such a great the of that character. episode is, great. is one of the best yeah. episodes yes another great episode and yeah he was so lovable and then they they just um but yeah so that was a lot of fun guys i think this yeah. was a fun episode no we're glad, the glad that you got we're glad we had you on liz you are definitely yeah, the thanks for having me. The, 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 you know, you got all the knowledge. You're the super fan. But we're all fans. <laughs> the office is great. According to Facebook, I am a super fan. So <laughs> oh, that's look official. out, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Liz, for being on our podcast today. We really appreciate it. It was so much fun and happy friendiversary. <laughs> Yay! We should, well, you know, after all of this quarantine business is up, we shall like meet somewhere and. Yes. Out. Yes, we should like celebrate. That. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening eight today, guys. Eight years of friendship. So eight years, and then here's another eight years, and another eight years. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. We do need to have another like fun wine wine adventure. That was one of the best days you and I had. That um, was so. What was that winery called? I don't remember, but uh, so of course you know on a cruise ship we're gonna go off a little fun story here to end the episode. <laughs> on a cruise ship, you go all, all over the place and we were finishing our Alaska route and we were starting to go down to San Diego because we we're going to start doing our Hawaiian cruises, which was going to be a lot of fun. We were in Alaska for like five, six months for our contracts. So we were excited for something new. And on the way down, you do a Vancouver down to San Diego cruise. So you're hitting all like the, the Pacific coast there, especially a lot of parts in California. So we were in Santa Barbara. No, Monterey, I think was the day. Monterey. We had this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Monterey. Me and Liz went off and we were like, we're going to do some wine tastings. And we, we had a lot of wine. Let's put it that way. And I remember there was one wine that had that cat on it. I remember that. 
the one uh, bottle. I can't remember what it was called, but it had a pun, and so then we ran with that, and that was like the best thing ever. But Cat, do you Cataretto or something like that. Yeah. And there was yeah. um uh, no Bargetto. 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 That's right. It has a little cat on it. And there was also there was one of the places we went to. Yeah. And like you know when you go to a doctor's office and there's like a little play area for like children so like they're occupied. You know like these old things you would this is gonna date for a lot of people that don't know what this is. Like those, those, little, those little like it's like a wire and you could like move it the blocks on the wire. Yeah, like a doctor's office. <laughs> yeah. Liz and I and uh, maybe a moment of intoxication or just playing with this thing. <laughs> and it's and like literally, funny, it's like 2 p.m. Like, we were really, we were really into it. Yeah. We're, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> and it was like 2 p.m. So, but it was I good. And I remember how, too, how you also had, so um, toasty, but... you, you had a, a bottle of Muirwood wine and I was like, Dewerwood wine? Because <laughs> it, <laughs> man, that was a long time ago, but that was a great day. I'm trying to think if we had any the other fun. great day we had was um, when we were having Mai Tais in Hawaii. In Hawaii, yes. That was really good. Hawaii uh, is always, always a joke. Listeners, I was not at any of these events, so it wasn't as fun as it could have been. So. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, mini me, move I'm sure we bench. had fun. We had some adventures, I'm sure, at some point in Alaska, the three of us. I mean, we had a few things where we had a lot of the cast and some crew would come out. I remember we did one time like a, I think we did like a s'mores toasting in uh uh huna uh what mm-hmm. was that place um what's it called island something what am i think icy straight point. point there we go um we had an episode on this <laughs> <laughs> we talked about liz at some point we're gonna uh release uh we're gonna do like a commentary thing on our our uh movie danny boy yes oh that, that fantastic boy. fantastic uh, and we're still working quality. on part two. It's, it's Academy Award nominee. It is. Danny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we had such you know, fun. My it was favorite great. memories of the ship and you, Taylor, is you dancing at Motown. Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, my, no one my, has moves like you. Yeah, I was literally just trying to... Shake your leg. Just, I was backstage you guys back there <laughs> when you guys were doing it. I'm just like... I was like, Taylor's doing like, the shaky leg. I was doing the Taylor leg. Yeah. yeah the Taylor it's leg, it's a unique right. thing. And then I would always ask Chris to do it when he's on stage. It's like, you yeah, have to like, find can a way you, to put Can it you try to put that into the show? And I was like, I'm sure I can because no one's really paying attention to our dancing. Like, so. sit, I was your biggest fan. I'd always sit and watch the show. And I'd see you go. And he would do the leg. And I was like, yes, leg. And I was like, why is he cheering? It's, it's just a show. It's, it's fine. Relax. He didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so many good times. But I think we do need a we need a reunion. I need a reunion with you three, like pronto. Yeah, just so it's it it's crazy to think that time has gone by like that much time already. I mean, I've seen you, Liz, since end of that contract, but it has been brief. Uh, small times here and there when we would meet up in Vegas or something. But it is it's like so much time has already gone by, and, and sometimes I look back and go. What have, I, what have I been doing for the last like seven years? And it's like, oh, there has been stuff keeping me busy, but it's just like, oh wow, uh, we we had a little birthday shout out to Taylor uh, last week, and had a bunch mm-hmm. of the crew. You know, we had like Matt Cross and MLI Breeds, and I was like, right, I saw that they they wanted to like give a like, little like you know, shout out. Thank you for <laughs> shouting out as well, because uh, yeah, I appreciate we're, that. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, man, I I haven't seen some of these people since we got off that ship. 
it just shows you but that what's you crazy know. with with facebook and stuff like i when taylor we had a zoom call um like a month ago or something mm-hmm. and it it didn't seem like seven years had passed because oh, i get no. to keep up with all of you guys oh, on yeah. social media and so i feel like i'm part of your lives yeah though. i was there when you had that scone at starbucks <laughs> so. yeah, remember when we had scones yeah, yeah. remember no that was just me and i posted it remember you had that soup and you're by yourself what yeah, that no. is the joy of social media when you get to keep oh. keep up with jazz's lives but, but this is yeah, like, hopefully... I feel like i know your nephew and like yeah. i don't because like, you know, about him. uncle like... remus you know <laughs> he's so sweet he uh-huh. loves to dance, so that's going to yeah. be fun to continue to see him do that as he gets bigger. His favorite <laughs> oh, yes, song is Uptown love. Funk. He loves Uptown Funk. He, he'll ask for to put on, on. I mean, he doesn't. Come on, Bruno Mars. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I really hope that, uh, again, as we talk a lot about in the show, uh, we're still in the effects of the coronavirus pandemic right now. So please, please, please continue to wear your mask when you need just to wash your hands. And just take just precautions. A Don't I mean, be unnecessary anything, if you need to be. It's kind of cool you get to feel like a ninja or feel like, you know, some ancient warrior. So it's just a mask, people. So, uh, but anyway, thank you again, Liz, so much. This was so much fun today. It's glad to see your face. And for this fun episode, um, this was, this was awesome. This yeah, was well, the, thanks for having me. the office come. chat. More to come after this. So um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> There. there <laughs> oh, is. we didn't say it. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Michael Scott here, and this is my new podcast. That's what he said. <laughs> How's the gain level, Michael? Dwight, just shut it. Just shut it. Okay, the gain is fine. Just let me record. What do you even know about gain? Take a look at these guns. I know all about gain. Okay. Just, you know, whatever. It just, okay. Take one. Bam. Here we go. Podcast time. Podcasting? I've been running a podcast for years. It's called We've Got the Beats. And Moses, my co-host. We discuss farming and agriculture. And we are still ranked the 18th best podcast in the Scranton area. Do I think Michael can surpass that? Maybe. Michael has started to do a podcast from his office during work hours. He asked me to reach out to some high-profile guests, including Chevy Chase, Michael Jordan, and the Pope. Why a podcast, you ask? Well, last week I had a dream, a profound dream. And I had an epiphany and a thought, and I needed to start a podcast. That's what all the great bosses are doing these days, of course. Elon Musk, Conan O'Brien. And I a little felt like Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream. I wonder what kind of podcast he would have made. Hey, Michael, what's with the microphone? Jim, you cannot come in here right now. Ah, Jimothy, my first guest. Come in, come in, sit down. Michael! I am starting a podcast, so let's chat. Let's get this thing a-rockin' here. Tell me, Jim, what brings you the most joy about working here at Dunder Mifflin? Uh, well, uh, I mean, it has to be working for a great boss like you. Wow. Wow! (laughs) Can't see this, but I have almost been brought to tears. 
You're not crying. Dwight, come on, man. Just shush. You guys know you need a garage band for the podcast, right? Good to know, Jim. Dwight, <clears throat> look at the best garages in Scranton. On it. Michael, you need to sign these expense reports. Ladies and gentlemen, our very own Angela Martin has just arrived. And she's a real stickler, let me tell ya. Michael, just sign it. Okay, fine, gosh. Ah, you see what I mean? Ugh. Ryan, Ryan, Michael is starting a podcast. Maybe this will be my ticket to fame and I can finally meet Justin Timberlake or Brad Pitt or Zac Efron. OMG, OMG. Yes, I'm sure they can't wait to be interviewed by a failing paper company. Michael, Jan's coming in. Michael, what are you doing? Ah, Jan Levison, everyone, sit down. You can be my next guest. Michael, you can't be recording during work hours. You are running a branch. You are the manager. Do you understand? Why is this so hard? That's what she said. (laughs) Michael. I don't know if Michael's podcast is going to be a success, but I think it's nice that he has dreams to chase. I like doing art. Maybe I'll start an art podcast one day. Pam's podcast. I like the sound of that. Wait a minute. What? We forgot our guest questions. Liz, don't go anywhere. Oh. Uh, so, right. Liz, this is a fun segment on our thing where every time we have a guest, we have to ask you uh, 10 questions, a rapid fire round where you have not heard any prior knowledge to these, and you're just going to give us the best answer that you can come on the spot. So, are you I'm up for nervous. That? They're not like trivia questions. They're really uh, like these are about you. Your, this is all about you. About so you. You're the so, best expert. Yeah. Oh, oh, my favorite subject. You have okay. four yes. groups yes. open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, it's, so let's start off. It's the off. office and then me. That's I'm like. Yeah, that's okay. right. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so let's start it off. Go ahead, Taylor. Number one. Number one. What is your favorite movie? Waiting for Guffman. Christopher Guest. No, I mean, go out and watch it if you haven't seen it. It's the best. Movie so good. Number two, this might be a tough question based off this uh, episode we just did. What's your favorite TV series? Hmm, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. The Office. (laughs) 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 What is your favorite, number three, what is your favorite video game or video game series? Do you know what? The first thing that came to my mind, I don't know if this is true or not, but the first thing that came to my mind was Tony Hawk. Hey, that's actually really cool because uh, we're getting Tony Hawk's Pro 1 and 2 are combined are being re-released uh, for PS4, I think, next month, uh, which is okay. or September, which is really exciting. That's actually awesome. I remember playing those games and loving them. Uh, number four, what is your favorite style of music, or do you have a favorite artist that you like? Uh, I mean, the answer is all types of music and artists, but something that I can always listen to is like Iron and Wind. It's like just mm. very chill, very soothing music, so that's good. Um, but the current playlist on um, Spotify that I'm listening to is called Cafe Con Leche. So it's oh, all like jazzy, fancy. like like Spanish music. So if you if you want Cafe Con Leche on Spotify, it's nice. Very nice. Number five, what is, the fav- what is your favorite place that you've traveled to? I will have to say it's Venice, Italy. Um, I worked as a gondolier in Las Vegas, and so I worked in fake Venice for a very long time as a fake Italian singing fake, well, it was a real Italian songs. Yeah, it was really there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 
so so when I got to go to Venice for the first time, I was like, oh wow, this is like what I've been living in for so for so long, but actually like real. And it just Venice feels like it's this town that's so busy, but it's made just for you. It's very romantic. I don't know if you've been there, but very nice. It's on my list. It's on my list. Ooh, um, we got you. Number six. What inspires you, or what's something that inspires you? Something that inspires me, well, right now is my job. I work for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, so I fundraise to find a cure for blood cancers, and so I'm very inspired by giving back and helping and um, work. So, yeah. That's very important that you're doing that, so. Absolutely. Uh, Number seven, what is the best advice you have ever received? My mind blanked on that one. I guess I don't it's get tough, advice. Right? People are like, go, go I mean... live your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, this one's kind of a, uh, you kind of take it as it is. So this is a nerd podcast for the most part. So what is your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? One being that you've seen Star Wars. Number 10 being you can speak Wookiee. Um, Where would you find yourself? Your, on if, you're, if that's your level, then I'm a zero because I have never seen Star Wars. Get out, guys! <laughs> I, wait, we're, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm losing connection. I'm, sh- sh- it's not my wow. fault. So listen, all of my siblings—I have four siblings—and they're all older than me. All of those people have seen Star Wars and love it. I think it's their duty as my older siblings to introduce me to Star Wars, and they it do. Is. That's a good point. I mean, I will say Star Wars is not the end-all be-all uh, no. for scale of nerdiness, but just hearing that answer, we're going to move on because we're all shocked. So. All right. Um, number nine, what is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is watching cooking shows. So mm. any cooking show, I will watch it. So I just discovered this show called Back to Back Chefs. And so it'll be a professional chef teaching some Joe Schmo, back to back, how to cook something. And it's, that's really fun. Or Cutthroat Kitchen, my jam. Oh, so. yes. I'm a big fan of Chopped. Um, oh, Chopped. Chopped's always great. All right, so this is the final question. Might okay. be a little bit of a challenge because you've told me before that you don't really do this, but uh, we do love to do impressions on the show. Yes, we do. So just give us an impression or what you might say is your best impression. So any, I like any, to- any line, uh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> You, you I like to do Shakira. Shakira oh, yes, does sorry. other songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, like, so like a little Shakira, but you have to mm-hmm. give me a song and I'll do it as Shakira. Uh, let's have a, you sing as Shakira. Um, I want it that way. Okay. Um, you are my fire. <laughs> it's not that the best. Good. But, yeah. No, yeah, now you have to sing a song as Shakira. So, Taylor, I'm going to give you What a Wonderful World as Shakira. Of course, we did two of these people here. I'm not the singer. All right. <laughs> you don't have to be a good singer to be Shakira. Come on. I've seen trees of green. Wherever I've you. see? <laughs> That was brilliant. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that's a fun. That's okay. a fun party. That's a fun party game. I feel like. I also yeah. do Aaron. Like I make people do Aaron Neville. That's oh really yes, fun. I remember this. Yes. Uh, about or, um. Uh, let's do 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 Aaron Neville singing. Um. Well, Uptown Funk. Okay, let me think. let me get into my Aaron Neville. Let me. 
Okay. He was like, oh, 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 oh. or I found you. So bad. It's so dumb. That was, great. Oh, that was perfect. But oh. it, that's as we talked about on the show. I know. Oh, she's not Lady a fan. Papa. She's like, Lady, Lady Papa. She does not. That, like that is funny though, because that is like we've talked on the show Lady. that impressions can be all different levels <laughs> there's some that are like if you want to be supremely accurate but also we love like dana carvey and it's just sometimes it's just going for it and having fun and it's funny so those little she, micro impressions yeah yeah but um well that was great that was our 10 questions thank you Liz, for sticking around for those those were fun um so yeah we'll we'll uh we'll catch you next time thanks yep. for being on someone needs yeah, attention yeah. We'll do Star Wars. Then Thanks for listening to the Potential about. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can follow us you on Instagram and Facebook <laughs> at the Potential your Podcast, <laughs> or on Twitter <laughs> yes. at the Potential Pod, right. or you can email us. <laughs> Send us your positive feedback Bye. and thoughts, suggestions, <laughs> and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember. Know your potential.